Welcome to the USF Podcast, brought to you by education consulting company, Universal Student Fund. Invest in your future. Hello, and welcome to the USF Podcast. I'm your host, Ade, and I have a very special guest, Anthony Trucks, former Oregon Duck NFL player and current founder of Trust Your Hustle and Renew You as in university. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Okay. So for our audience out there, you know, young entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs that they are, yeah. you look at somebody like yourself where you had a set in profession, albeit a very niche profession in that you were trained for when you're in college, for when before college, you're training, you're training, you're getting to the NFL and yeah. an injury here or there happens and it's over and you have to think fast. I got to do that next thing. So for you, were you always cognizant of, because it is a temporary business anywhere, were you always thinking, I got to think of that next thing I got to do? Or was it something that hit you after it was all over? No, I was always the one that had, had a, uh, like a predetermined notion that I know I have to have something ready to go. If I don't, then I'm going to kind of fall on my face. And so a lot of guys do go into it with this mindset of, I'm going to play forever. Uh, and if I, you know, if I don't play forever, I'll figure it out when I get to it. But I had a son my sophomore year of college, so I didn't have that, that luxury, nor that I want to have that mindset. And so I always got an idea of, of why I was going to be doing something after. So I got my degree in kinesiology so that when I went home, I kind of had a backup plan of, of being a personal trainer at first. And then after I realized I, I wasn't built to have a job, but then I eventually opened my own gym. And, and that was kind of the story of the start of my entrepreneurial journey. Wow. So did you start the gym as like a natural next step or is it something you were passionate about always thinking you know I, I always was passionate about the body and how it operates and then people have always interested me like just a psychology and physiology to it all and so at first it was just I wanted to have a, a job as a personal trainer so I did that and then what it ended up boiling down to was I didn't have control and I spent the last you know eight years of my life and even as a kid in foster care growing up like I didn't have control and so my big thing was I, I wanted to find a way to give myself control and freedom and, and really express what I wanted to express. And the best way I could do that was to own my own own job, if you want to call it that at first. So I, I basically opened my own gym and did what I wanted inside there. Wow. And that sounds like one of one of the toughest businesses to get into. I mean, yeah, even yeah. you being an NFL player, I mean, what was that like? I'm sure there was some low lows, maybe some high highs, some low lows. As, as everything that comes with entrepreneurship, because <laughs> I find a lot of people think entrepreneurship is glamorous, like, oh, I'm going yeah. for the next thing, I'm a VC, I'm something. Yeah. But really, it's just a lot of struggle. Which yeah, <laughs> I, it's, it's almost, it's seriously, when I listen to most people talk about entrepreneur, like, it, it, it looks like some, it's like being the new basketball player. It's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, no, 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 you're not. Like, you just have a, a yogurt shop on the side and you're selling phones. Like, it's not. I think what what I think a true entrepreneur is is someone who gives everything they got to to go on this whim on a leap, and then no one else believes in you but you, and you make it real. And that's it's pretty much how it boils down. So it wasn't an up and down, you know, roller coaster that I wanted to be on, but I needed to be on because it was the best way I could get what I wanted, which was freedom and control and expression. So it's not glamorous. It really is not. I have a, a lot more memories of sleepless nights from not knowing how I'm going to pay bills or almost losing things than moments where I'm like, yeah, look, I got a bunch of money in free time. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not that. And it's really got to be this thing where I think for me, most entrepreneurs, they, they would want to have this legacy they leave or an impact or something where they look back and say, you know what, the people remember my name for that thing that I did. Even if it's not a lot of people, 
And that doesn't happen when we have a regular job. Regular job, somebody else gets the credit. Now, don't get me wrong. People aren't built for that, and people are content having their regular nine-to-five jobs, and I'm fine with that because if they didn't do that, I couldn't do what I want to do. And and so inside of that, it's, it's for a special group of people, but it's not glamorous. It's got to be for the ones that are willing to risk literally everything to make something come alive that no one else but them believes will happen. Right. I mean, it's, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, there's so many misconceptions that go along with it. Uh, so I, I really admire what you've done because all we hear about from the media is a player went broke, player went broke. Yep. And, and it's usually the narrative is, oh, they blew all their money, which yeah. which is not it's not fair at all. Uh, <laughs> there's some structural things that go into that. But for you, were you worried? Were you thinking, I have to stay in sport? I know you have uh, a fascination with body movements and, and training yeah. people, but how did you transition outside of that per se? Uh, abruptly, it wasn't by choice. By I means, <laughs> if, if I if I could have kept playing, I would have. But you know, I tore my shoulder. And also, it was scary. I mean, a lot of I mean, I went through it. A lot of guys need to get done. It's like, who am I without the game? You know, Anthony Trucks has always been known around town or home or families. Oh, it's Anthony Trucks, you know, the football player guy. And when I come home, that's no longer part of my persona. You have to really find out who you are first off, and then you got to realize that I've spent years of my life. Let's say just you know, post if I if I didn't go to college which a lot of people in my area didn't go to college. You're talking about people who've been in the, the business or work world, if you want to call it that, for you know, at least eight years, at least. And so I'm basically dropping myself in this area where they're ahead of the game. And I don't have anything that's like a skill, really, except for the fact that I can run and hit you really, really hard. And that's my skill. So the transition is scary because you're trying to, one, figure yourself out, and two, trying to figure out how to be successful in something completely different than what you've been trained for for the last eight to 12 years of your life. And did it help you to know that you achieved, I mean, to be able to play in the NFL, <laughs> not many people can say that, and it, it requires an incredible amount of work ethic. So yeah. with that, with knowing that you had that based on your childhood experiences that led you up to have that work ethic, were you a little bit confident, like, I can do this, I can go no. out? No, I wasn't. Didn't? No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I had a certain level of, of bravado and ego. But I don't know if I would misconstrue it and say it was confidence. I just, I had this thought that it was possible. Because I think confidence is a knowing, right? It's like a knowing I can be successful right. at this. And I, I don't think I had that knowing. I just knew that I, I, I had what it took to make it happen. But I didn't know if it would guarantee it, you know. And so I wouldn't even say that usually when people start out, they're fully confident. It's just kind of saying that at the end of the day, like you got something you want to share. And it's really going to be your choice of whether or not you let it die inside of you or you do something bigger with it. And, and if you don't, if you don't have that drive or whatever it may be, then it may, you know, it may die inside of you. And that's going to be honestly, I think like 90, 95% of the people on this planet, if not more, who let the music die. I just, I wasn't one of the ones that wanted to have that happen. So in order to gain my confidence, I had to take steps and have some successes take place so I could legitimately own the confidence. Uh, and what would be some of those successes? Would you oh, say? man. I think. One would be the gym. I mean, my gym came in and it was somewhere I started it out in 2008, which was the worst economy we've had since the Great Depression. And I right. started it that year and it it's went up and went down, but eventually it thrived. I got to a point where it was a six-figure gym, was bringing in good money. I ended up consulting at the back end of that. So I was making six figures just by creating small programs for a big company. Uh, so that was a great success because it gave me the freedom to actually venture out of that and chase the next thing I want to do, which was become a speaker, which is pretty much what I do now. 
and it was it was a unique bubble I got to. So that was one of the the successes that gave me confidence and said, hey, this this company, not only is my gym successful, I'm able to build something from the ground up and have employees and run it. Like I had like 19 employees, but I was able to get a company that could you know very easily have chosen one out of probably 10,000 trainers in our area, and I got the gig. So something like that's a success. And it's like, well, when I sit back, I say, I really have this this base of, of a confidence in my ability to do something, which really is where trust your hustle is rooted. It's it's a sense of you have to trust your hustle, and trust is really the foundational base of confidence. It's do you trust in you enough to know that whenever you put your work in, you have your hustle put forth, that you're going to get what you want out of it, or at least see something come to fruition. Right, and, and speaking of Trust Your Hustle, that's also the name of your book, Trust Your Hustle, Part 1, A Life Forged yeah. by Fire. So does that just tie in directly to this sort of company that you've made, or is, is it a separate, like, cathartic autobiography, or both? Well, yeah, the, the book is, uh, I guess it's the foundation. I think everybody, whenever you look at what a company's message is, it's, it's, it's nowadays at least, it's what is the owner embodying in that message? Is that person living it? And so the book was a was very cathartic base to get it out, but it really gives you the gist of understanding where the message resonates from, like as a, as a human being for me and for other people, and how it resonates with them. And so for me, the book was just to get it out, but it really is the foundational base that that kind of was what derived the whole concept of the phases of Trust Your Hustle, which is see, sacrifice, sustain, and uh, and everything else from that. So yeah, most definitely it came from the my life story and was where it kind of rose from. And... Would you say that the Renew You is sort of like a vestige from Trust Your Hustle? I'm trying to understand for the people out yeah. there. Like what, so Trust Your Hustle is, uh, it's, Trust is, is actually the company's name. It's the brand. And there's three phases, see, sacrifice, sustain, which really goes through the three things that I went through in life. But Renew University is pretty much the way that I deliver that. So imagine I say, here is Trust Your Hustle. And if you're an entrepreneur, I can't just say, hey, you, go trust your hustle. Yeah. What you actually have to do is step back and say, if I'm going to trust my hustle, how do I do that, Anthony? And the way that I do is I teach you through different courses or programs or coaching things, and that's pretty much one of them is for new university. We changed a lot. Wow. So, if is it for a person? Is it for companies? It's for everybody. Oh, it's so for everybody. Renew, yeah, that's, that's the kind of unique thing is because of the way it's structured, it can be delivered in multiple ways. It's more so it's systems. It's, it's structure and processes. And so what I do is if I'm working with an individual, it's basically saying what, what individual needs this person have that I can use my systems for to develop the, the goal they want done. If it's a company, I may come in and work with the sales team or I may come in and work with the CEO. At the end of the day, the end result is I want to get them to trust their hustle. But the way I do that is through different systems, different processes that they specifically need. So how did this how did this idea come to you? Because it seems so far from uh, the gym that you initially had. Yeah, far from the gym. <laughs> it was it was actually so it came somewhat in the way of the gym. I had this mastermind I was part of, and uh, we were actually taking a trip at one point. And we took a trip to Monterey as like a whole like group get together. And someone, someone, I want to say her name was Kim. I think her name was Kim Aceto, awesome woman. And she was talking about how she you know, worked for this gym company that she was with, and she wanted to open her own gym. She had a location, she had the finances, she had a business plan, she had the clients. And she's like, I just like I can't really get to the point of just taking a leap. And then she kept asking me, Anthony, how'd you do it? Because I started with no clients, no business plan. I, I had no idea what kind of space I wanted to get. I just had some money from the NFL, but I took a leap. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, what it really boils down to is like, I, I know that it, something's going to go wrong. It, I just know it is, but I know that I bring me to that problem. Like, I was like, Kim, you really just got, you got to trust your hustle. And it pretty much flew out of my mouth. Everybody's like, oh, 
that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And it was pretty much what it boiled down to. And that, that message, when it popped out, it sat for a while. But then I started really like diving into the concepts and with the word trust and, and hustle and, and how it come, comes into my life. And I can teach people that exact same concept. But it really is little by little kind of crafted itself into a unique message that is deliverable in a way that allows people to actually get that out of it. Wow. And, and what made you go full force into making this your main priority as a, as a business? Uh, I just was passionate about it. I think that's one of the biggest things for me is, is I'm always trying to find out what my next big thing is, not in a sense of what, not that I'm not good enough, but uh, one big thing is I never want to leave here not having done what I'm supposed to do here on this planet. I don't know what it is. I, I couldn't really exactly tell you. But what I do know is that it's not going to happen if I don't chase my passion. I think the best way to find out what we're here for is to chase the voice that says, I want that, even if you don't know why it wants that. And you just go and see what it does, because whether it's finding the end of that journey or what you find along that journey, I think that's how you figure out what you're supposed to be doing here. And and that's fantastic. I, I mean, it's so hard to explain to people just how difficult it is. I mean, even to just have that passion and that idea and then to actually take it and make it into something because yeah. that, that takes so much work. So how do you, <laughs> how did you wrap your head around starting to get that accomplished? Because a lot of people, you know, an idea is worthless in a way if you don't yeah, put I something mean, behind it. It's, I, I had to say, well, if it's a business, I got to provide value. The only value to somebody is not making them feel happy for the moment, but it's letting them make something themselves they can feel happy about which means it, it's pretty much the way I break down like we're new university it's broken down in tools technique technician and so people can get tools they can get techniques to use those tools but they really have to have the technician sound and so what I do is step back and say how do I really deliver that message not just in a thought but something that they can take and apply to their life it's it's we don't as people change or modify or improve by motivation because pretty much you're saying I'm going to motivate you but I can really motivate you to work at a level that you're already at like internally, whether it's knowledge base or experience base. So what I have to do is say, okay, what's what's going to push somebody up the next level so they can achieve the thing they really want to, so they can be happy because they help themselves win. And that comes from new tools, new processes, new habits, new techniques. If I don't give that to people, there's nothing of value coming to them. So for me, when I start looking at this idea, it's not doing videos talking about it. It's not sharing thoughts. It's not you know yelling at people about my life story. It's teaching. It's, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to be a successful doctor, you have to go to school. You can't say, you can be a doctor. Hey, I'm a doctor <laughs> now. You know, it's, you got to go and learn. And then once you've learned, you can apply the things you learn. And so for me, the thought was, okay, how can I teach this? And I think if anybody is trying to get into the world of being a coach or do anything specific, you've got to really sit back and say, how can you teach this message to somebody so they can not only hear you say it, but feel it? Like they got to, they got to see that and be like, oh, I felt that. And when they feel it and they understand how they can do it, it's mostly because you taught them how they could do it themselves. And and I, I was looking uh, at your website, anthonytrucks.com, and I was reading about mm -hmm. Renew You, and I noticed uh, there was a there was a part that said, who is Renew You not for? Yeah. And it, and it was for the person who thinks they're perfect, the person who's still addicted to their struggle and their excuses. Yeah. So are there people like that who come to you in that state? Yeah, everybody comes in. Everybody has to chop their ego down. Nobody realizes that. The, the biggest thing I look at is, like, my starting point is the film is ego. Ego stands for everyone's greatest obstacle. It's the biggest wall people have. 
And so when people come to me, I want to know, well, why aren't you successful yet? What have you been doing? And what they'll do is they'll start just rattling things off and they'll blame other people, they'll blame situations, they'll, they'll make excuses. And so when I say they're married to the struggle, they're married to making that story true. So if they say, well, I just, I've been trying these things, but you know, I'm just not smart enough to do this thing. Mm-hmm. What happens to you, it's a tall tale you've created for yourself and this tall tale, you can't get over that tall tale wall. It's just, you're stuck. And so the biggest thing I have to do is step in and, and really break down that, that egoic wall that's protecting them in a place where they're just, they're addicted to that struggle. They don't even know it sometimes, but they just, they're addicted to saying that. And then what happens is the what, what words we put out into the world, as human beings, we naturally want to be right. We don't want to be wrong. So if we say something, we'll live in a way to make that story or that tale correct. And that's the biggest thing that I work with people initially to get out of is just not being addicted to that. Just like rewriting everything brand new from scratch. Right. Uh, so is that is that what fills you up? You just love getting that feeling that you've helped somebody in this that's sense. And, yeah, I'm, and, I'm, uh, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of how this whole business came about, really, because yeah. that's what we try to tell people, like. It's so hard to even pinpoint that, like that passion in you. Like, when did you notice that that's what what made you full? Like, what fulfilled you in a way? Fourteen, fourteen years old. I was, I was on the right side of a football, actually the left side of a football field. I was a wide receiver, and the quarterback threw the ball, and I caught the ball, and the, and the crowd cheered. And it was the first moment in all my life that, like, the world said they appreciate me because I'd spent years in foster care, not mattering. And when I got that feeling, I was addicted to it. That's why I think football meant so much is the cheers from the crowds. And I'll be wide open and say, what I do, I do selfishly for myself. But there's a great, massive benefit to those who work with me because what I want for myself is not your money. What I want for myself is your thank you, your appreciation, the fact that I've helped you. And I can't genuinely get that to the extent that I want it unless I pour everything I have inside of me out for you. And so I give so I can receive. And I think everybody does in the same capacity, but I, I have the monetary aspect. I'm not worried about that. Like that, that comes as it comes, but it only comes in really pouring the best of you out. And so it's pretty much a win-win. I, I get to give all of my all to get what I want, which is that text message or like get, watching a picture with someone in their family happy because something that this random guy did who pretty much was given away at three years old and told you don't matter was able to actually craft from the middle of nowhere. Wow. Uh, and, and how did you pull, like, how did you pull yourself out of that? I mean, that's uh, hard in yeah, itself. It's, it's tough, man. I, I found out recently that 75% of prison inmates are former foster kids and like 2% ever graduated from college. Like I wasn't set up well. And it was actually uh, 15 years old, Mr. Howell's English class, a girl sitting next to me talking to another girl and like I'm sleeping on the desk kind of. And the girl says, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. And it was this really like unique statement that kind of made me frustrated and confused. And I had to analyze that. It was mostly because that's pretty much what I was sounding like. I was in this place where I'd played football for two years and I was sucking at it. So I was about to chalk it up. And on top of that, my mom got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So I was kind of in like a bad place. And I was about to be another statistic. And just her words shifted the way that I was, I was looking at my own future. Like, am I going to be a kid who you know grows up to be a man who's beating my kids and I'm a criminal and I'm you know I got no spouse and it's all because I was in foster care and so because of that it just it shifted everything and that was my big wake-up call it was more the more of the way I look at it is is I got fed up mm-hmm. and my my fed up happened at a different relative level to somebody else you know somebody else could have endured that somebody else maybe didn't even make it that far you know 
But when people ask me, well, it sounds good, Ant, you know, you did that in your own life. Well, how do I do it for myself? Which, you know, is what's in it for me. And this whole concept, you want to call it that, of white people listening to us right now talk. It's, I'm not special. I just got to a point where my level was met for what I was fed up with, which was living in a place where I felt inadequate and I felt small and I felt like I wasn't good enough because there was a place I didn't want to be. And really, at the end of the day, I could chose to be in that place forever, which we all have a choice to do that. But in that place, I guarantee you have no success. I guarantee you don't because you're not going to get somebody to give you an amazing life by sitting on your butt and doing nothing. So for me, I realized, well, if I'm going to have anything great, I got to start working at it. And it, it just shifted me. And that was what I, I just got fed up. And so anybody else listening, like you can get fed up and it doesn't have to be something happening. I think people have to think they have to have this, you know, this all this stuff happen in their life. It could be one day where you just wake up. Because a lot of us are walking through life every day with chronic pain that we endure. Stuff going on that at the end of the day, like we just we just accept it because you know what? Well, the evil I know is better than the evil I don't. But why do we even accept any evil? And so it could be someone right now that said, you know what, I'm just I'm just tired of what I have going on. That right there is in and of itself a moment you can create for yourself that gets to the point of having a shift like a catalyst like I had. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, And how do you, I mean, just everything that you've said there is just so helpful. There's there's such a psychological block Mm -hmm. that can stop somebody with the ability, with all the knowledge from achieving something. But how, how do you, in your mind, weigh that with almost not necessarily blaming somebody for falling into it? Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, because like, cause sometimes when people hear your story, they'll say, well, he did it. Ergo, everyone else is at fault for missing something. No. Right? Not at all. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, I don't believe that at all. But it, it seems to get misconstrued in that way sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, everybody's different. I think in this day and age, though, information and clarity and technology, you want to call it, puts everything at the forefront. So you have to actively choose to do crappy. I mean, right. if you actually act, I mean, there's just, there's no way. Back in the day, you didn't have connection. Like, we couldn't do what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. There was pagers, there's phones. You couldn't record a phone call unless you're the, the government, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, there, there's no there's no shortage of information or great connection to, to great role models. So at this point, you have to choose to not want to do well. And then you have no one to blame but yourself, and I have no pity for you. Now, if you're working and grinding, I'll help you. But at the end of the day, if you're a lifeguard and two people are drowning, you're going to save the one swimming towards you because that's right. the one that wants to help. I'm not going to save the person swimming away. You know, we're both drowning. But I think that's kind of what it boils down to. It's not about, you know, what I went through and if you can do it too. It's, it's a, a connection to this thought process of, you literally have at this point, even if you're an American, you have all these, these these great, amazing benefits. You just have to stop playing the pity party role and stop being mad that you don't have something because someone didn't give it to you and just go and grab it yourself. It will be harder for some people than others. That's just life. It's unfair. But the moment that you accept the place you're at is the moment you give yourself permission to start climbing from where you're at. Great. And from a business sense, what is it like? How did you see this business grow? from okay like what was the first thing did you do a speaking engagement did you did you hire a team like what what was your first thoughts uh, with making this business oh man I, well i had my gym business and that was one thing i just i sat in a room one day at this place called experts academy with this guy brandon burchard and i pretty much just was watching and learning like that this exists in in the world you can actually share thoughts and ideas and from there i just i saw i saw something more in me than you know helping someone lose 15 pounds or running a faster 40. 
And so when I saw that that internal ability, I just I started sprinting. So what I did is first I went and wrote the book that you were talking about referenced earlier. I drove up to Sparks, Nevada and wrote that in seven days. I just disappeared and wrote a whole book. Wow. Uh, I, I recorded an audio program that same couple days. I, I wrote the book at the same time during my breaks. I would record an audio program. It's actually still in circulation now. Uh, then I came home and started crafting a speech. And I got coaches. I got a ton of mentors. I got a ton of seminars, books. I mean, I spent... Last year alone, I spent $257,000 just to figure out what it is I got to do to be great at this. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do that, and I was blessed to be in a position to do that, but no matter what it was, like you still have to invest in yourself because it's no different. If you want to have a great career as a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, you have to go to school. Well, for me, if I want to be a great person in the speaking world, I have to go to school, and that both of those things take money. And so I had to take what I had and invest it into me because at the end of the day, I could find a safe job. And I could sit back and live my paycheck to paycheck and know I'm fed tomorrow. But I don't want to live like that. I want to spread a specific message, which needs me having to have wings. And if I don't have wings, which means the, the ability to travel and, and be around other people that are like me, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really share this message to the level it needs to be. And so because of that, I, I invested in myself because I was going to be the biggest return on my investment. Wow. And... And did you, I mean, uh, I, I find some people, I mean, your major was not necessarily, in college, was not necessarily what you're doing right now. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right? So yeah. what, what is that process like? Because some people are afraid to go outside what, maybe they feel pigeonholed by what they chose, yeah. but you, you don't have to stay with that. I mean, you can learn no. stuff every day in this day and age. If you um, look at it, hey, let's, let's take it back to just a simple metaphors. You know, kids, you look at it as a metaphors. Kids, when they're growing up as, as you know, youth athletes, the worst thing you can do is specialize a kid. Start them in baseball at six years old and only have them play baseball. The best football players, like some of the best in the world, have all played soccer. You know, it's, it's a way that you learn how to use your hips and your feet and body control. So what ends up happening is you have to have different tools, whether it's playing baseball, basketball, um, for hand-eye coordination, throwing for baseball, basketball, having the, you know, the, to be able to cover somebody without having to tackle them physically, or soccer, foot control, hip control, movement, reading people. And then you can go play a sport like football and learn to run full speed and you block and scheming and like your brain has to work. So there's, there's so many assets and I believe that the same thing happens for our, our business journey, our life journey, our career journey. You may have a career that you just, you have to move out of because your heart's not in it, but you're not going to this next thing with nothing. You're going to the next level with something that nobody else in that office has, nobody else in that building has, no one else in the industry has. So as I venture into my space right now, not a single person in my space that I know of has the background of business, of sports, of my childhood that I do. And that's a great asset to me. Or I could look at it and be like, holy crap, I don't know anything about this. No, it's just, you got to see it differently. And so sometimes, you know, being in something for five or six years, you have to lose the investment bias. The investment bias is saying, well, I've been doing this for seven years, 10 years, so, you know, I got to stick in this. No, you've just been learning and, and you've been, you kind of like stewing and marinating so you can go to the next thing your heart wants to chase and do better than anybody else could because you bring something to the table nobody else has. And lastly, what do you think about, I mean, we touched a little bit on this, but what do you think about the importance of entrepreneurship and just be, having the freedom to be your own boss? Which, yeah. which you talked about why it's important to you, but... Well, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you go ahead. <laughs> well, the, the be your own boss thing is, it's, it's really, a, I think it's a bad way to look at things. It's, 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 this is why it's bad. There are good bosses and there are bad bosses. You can be your own boss, but you could also be a bad boss. <laughs> so, correct, correct. It, 
entrepreneurship is is got to be derived from the concept of you yourself have got to be an amazing boss or else being your boss will end up having you take the company down if, if you're not good at it which means you got to know how to navigate yourself how to be able to drop your ego how to accept failure how to accept success the right way how to bring people onto your team how to manage other teams of people that work with you like it takes a lot of stuff and it, it's just one thing where it's it's flashy and everything but if you aren't cut out for it as a as a person in terms of how you operate professionally, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what successes you have had. That stuff's not going to translate if you can't do it in the long run. And what has been, if any, your proudest moment so far in this whole journey? Uh, I'm moving my family to Costa Rica next Saturday. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And the reason that it makes me proud is it's my kids get an opportunity to live and do something that I never would have grown up in foster care. And it's because of the way that I was able to build my lifestyle up and my business up to where I can, I can on one hand say I do an incredibly morally sound ethical job on the front side of my business and I treat people incredibly well and they love me and I genuinely love them, which allows me to feel great and sleep at night knowing that I'm also providing income enough to where I can take my kids and move somewhere for a year and have them experience something new. So it's not the money I made and some big sale I had, none of that. It's just, it's the fact that I get to live my life in peace internally which I think really is all of our goal, the peace of mind you have, of knowing you're going to eat tomorrow, you have somewhere to lay your head, and that what you put into the world is accepted by the world. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, so soak up the sun in Costa Rica. I will. <laughs> have a nice time there. Uh, so, Anthony, where can the people find you? Uh, a couple places. One, you can find me on uh, anthonytrucks.com, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash anthonytrucks. Uh, I also am actually starting next month, I'm launching a membership site that's going to be pretty much the, the, the base of my whole business. I'm looking at the, the thing of what I want to do is I love community and I love people because I didn't have that really growing up. I didn't have that base and the people I have on social media, they want more. Like they want more structure. They want more information because I can hop on and motivate you. But if I don't give you a definitive structure of how to live your life, then I'm, I'm dropping the ball. So for me, uh, the membership site will launch. is called Recreate, R-E-C-R-E and the number eight dot live, L-I-V-E. Fantastic. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. You're very welcome. Appreciate you giving us your time, even though you got a lot of stuff going on, I know. Uh, You have just listened to another episode of the USF Podcast. Find out more at www.universalstudentfund.org and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Universal Student Fund. 